0: Welcome to The Lonely Marketer, sponsored by Pager. My name is Glenn Southam, and this is your show for all things recruitment marketing. We share the challenges, the successes, advice, and the screw-ups from the leading marketing talent working in recruitment, and most importantly, find out what their favorite swear word is. We speak to the companies working to make marketing recruitment more effective and efficient, and to those people who have opinions that will make you think about things that little bit differently. You can find me on LinkedIn, and if you want to follow the bear, then head over to marketerscom for links to all of our social channels and to sign up for our newsletter. But now, it's time for the show. Let's do this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Lonely Marketer, episode number 83, I believe. I may have got that wrong. Um, I, I haven't... Uh, written it down but um i'm delighted today to be joined by rob prince from uh talent nexus and we're going to be talking about loads of things from you know from the money and everything you spend in job boards to candy experience etc etc um i can't do enough justice as into rob and his background and talent nexus so i will um i'll pass over to you rob uh welcome to the show
1: yeah thanks very much for having me um, so yeah, so my name's Rob Prince. I'm one of the VPs at Talent Nexus. Uh, we, so uh, as an organisation, we essentially sit alongside uh, any employer, whether that's a recruitment agency or in-house, to help them spend their job board budgets more effectively. Um, we are, as a programmatic job board agency, we're the largest of our kind in Europe. Um, and what what that means in kind of
0: practical terms is
1: that we're That's exactly those-
0: what I was going to ask. Programmatic job board agency. They'll be programmatic job board hell? agency. Yeah. Um,
1: so that what that means is, on behalf of our clients, we're spending in excess of a million pounds a month of ad budgets. Um, And the importance of that is that means we've got an unrivaled amount of data of insight into the kind of science um, and inner workings of job board advertising. Um, It's a massive and quite complicated industry. So our kind of job more often than not is to illuminate people who are spending their ad budgets on exactly where they should be spending it, how they should be spending it and what they could be doing better.
0: Yeah, Um, I don't wanna get into the ins and outs of whether um, job boards should fall into a a marketing department. budget themselves it is a 17 year old debate i think uh, that that i've that i've been having myself but more often than not kind of job board spend does fall you know under the remit of a, of a of a marketing department and yeah you know, when i managed it kind of back in the day the kind of service and this kind of consolidated approach to your job board advertising didn't really exist you know you were dealing with uh multiple job boards a a, a huge amount but uh, certainly over the past year it's it certainly makes sense obviously the technology is available now but in a general level around kind of job board spend and people's use of job boards has the last year um you know since since march 2020 has that do you feel like it's really focused people's attention on you know what they're spending how they're spending the level of effectiveness and and things
1: i think i mean it's a great question i i think because it's very difficult to tell and answer in like absolute terms mm. so some some things are unequivocally true right so in the first lockdown job board budgets were slashed overnight because people were worried that they were going to be massively overspending for the amount of vacancies they had um and that was true in house and and agency side um so you saw this like sudden pause uh where everyone described that as kind of taking stock or battening down the hatches or whatever but the reality was everyone in um, it, for fear of what was coming next, kind of paused all budgets and and then worked out what was going on. Um, there was then the period where people who were recruiting had to drastically increase their budgets because they were struggling to get hold
0: of candidates and they had huge requirements, which were kind of business. Kind of in certain sectors like logistics, delivery, and that I could imagine. Exactly
1: yeah. that. So like massive logistics need uh, in care as well. There was yeah. huge need in care. Um, so... Overall, you saw those budgets go sky high and they were suddenly looking for any and all job boards that could help them fill roles. Um, So it'd be easy to say, oh, yeah, you know, the big resurgence and now people are taking job boards more seriously. But in actual fact, they were just they were fulfilling a very urgent need. Um, Now we're into sort of phase three where things are getting back to normal and there is there is a time lag in between people needing candidates and then how they actually rebuild a job board strategy. Lots of people will have been given free extensions or will have been given some free credits or CV database downloads or whatever when, when they were kind of paused initially. So are people reassessing their strategies? Yes. Is there suddenly this seismic shift? I'd love to say yes, but the answer is probably not yet. I think it's more likely that we see big change in the next six to 12 months. Than, than we actually have in the last six, 12 months. Not least because people are tied into contract, you know, rightly or wrongly, right? If you've got a 12 month contract with one of the big three job boards, there isn't much you can do to reevaluate your strategy until that runs out. Now that is happening. We, and we're we, we get, We're getting a lot of new clients in doing exactly that who are coming to the end of a big CV library or total jobs contract or whoever going right if we've got 50 60 grand to spend this year where where's that most effectively spent Um, and businesses are much leaner now than they were 18 months ago and the leaner the business the more focused you're going to be on
0: ROI and what's working I think yeah just just a tangent and you, you know I'm not expecting you to to name names here or anything but you know considering the conversations that certainly I was having um back in that March April 2020 do you think the and and i appreciate the job boards have got their own business to run and they've got their own balance sheets to take care of and everything do you think kind of on in general the job boards did enough to support their their customers through that period because i heard some i've heard some horror stories in some cases and i and in other cases there was a little bit of of wiggle room but again is it it depends. our answer, yeah. I, I mean, it is one of those sorts of answers. I,
1: I think my my experience has been similar to yours, which is I've heard some uh, heard the horror stories, but then also heard some actually quite refreshingly um, open and honest conversations between big big clients and their job boards. Saying, you know, th- this isn't working for us, but here's some alternatives. Um, the I think my only criticism on on kind of all job boards during the last twelve months would be maybe a lack of. Um, creativity in fixing the problems. Um, I'm not saying there wasn't any willingness because clearly there was. Provably, they were doing a lot and probably as much as they possibly could to keep their own business afloat while also supporting their clients. Mm -hmm. Um, You can imagine a world where they did way less, certainly. Um, But I think maybe maybe more could have been done in terms of um, maybe like changing products a little bit, changing the way they work, swapping out, you know certain sets of products for others that maybe fill business needs a little bit better, Um, and all the indiv- individuals involved. I'm sure we're doing the right things, but structurally, duration based job board advertising is quite old as a as like a model. So then so it overnight hasn't changed in years. Well, exactly, and and it's based on everyone says this, and it's only half true. But like based on duration based advertising in newspapers and magazines, right? So to to ask. An industry to change overnight, I think, would have been a bit of a tall ask, even for, you know, the, the most cynical buyer. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe a little bit more could have been done. And and that's, I think, why there is a um, just a bit more appetite generally in what the other models are and what the other options are. I mean, it's no surprise to me that it's accelerated all of the big three's um, adoption of their own pay for performance options. Okay. Uh, so read, total jobs and CV library have all got... Have all accelerated the beta version of their pay for performance product, um, and I think that would have been slower
0: had we not had COVID. A, a general level, what does what does that look like? They're they're paid for kind of paid for performance, I suppose it is, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So it, it would it would be fair to say that it's in its infancy compared mm. to a player like Indeed, who have always done it. Yeah. Um, but essentially, you're looking at the difference between paying for a 30 day job ad versus agreeing a cost for an application or a click um, and then managing your budget accordingly um, th- the reality while that's in beta is that you're you're essentially getting the same product but you're paying for it in a different way yeah. over time that will evolve into something a bit more a bit more technical uh, where you've got much more control over your budget and you can it's not just the pricing model it's also the way that it functionally works for candidates and clients
0: yeah i i can imagine uh, certainly the question i'd be asking around that is that i don't i don't care about the number <laughs> of applications that i get or the number of views that i get what are the placeable applications i get and that's very that's very hard both on the job board side to measure but also as we as i know from a marketing point of view it's quite hard to measure from a crm point of view unless there's a you know complete integration and the transparency there that would be extremely hard to realize i think wouldn't
1: it? absolutely and the, the integration and the tracking is the most important bit that i've heard clients um talk about being a, a big hurdle in adopting it yeah. um look I, i'm a massive advocate of the model i think it works yeah. better for everyone um but certainly the feedback i've heard from clients is that what their experience is what they're experiencing is essentially the same thing being offered to them in two different ways so they look at the two options work out which one's cheaper and then pick that one yeah.
0: um, and you should never really be decided on price really that you know that's not a good way to do it is it really
1: no. And it's not a, it's not a particularly exciting way to differentiate the same product, right? <laughs> to say yeah. you can have exactly the same product for one of two prices, which one do you want? Um, which obviously is what no one's trying to do, but until the tracking's there, until the integrations are really spot on um, and you're going to need like three or four really, really big clients who can work with these big job boards and create these like massive all single dancing integrations so that everyone's got the data required to then, put a proper model in place uh, but it, you know they're getting there it's it's fast growth but it, it, it is a learning curve for everyone I think
0: yeah uh, so in terms of like best practice of the the companies that, that you work with are either agency or, or on the corporate side what does kind of a good I don't know job board strategy look like you know what what does what do you need to be able to work with yourself or or the job boards independently what do you need kind of internally to you know to get the best results
1: if i try and answer that in reverse it'll be easier so what what really bad job board strategies look like (laughs) is recruiters in-house or agency being left to their own devices to to decide, at the spur of the moment, like how many job boards they're gonna post to via their Broadbean or Edaboo or whoever. Um, And what every individual will do because they want to fill their own role is click Send to All and they'll post the same job ad across loads of different job boards with no real notion of where the good applications is going to come from. Then they spend a huge amount of time sifting through bad applications. They might pick out one or two that work, they place someone, and they do exactly the same thing the, the, the next time they get a role in. So, And that happens a startling amount. <laughs> yeah. um, a really good version of, of job board advertising is having having the data, the insight, and kind of the management structure available to say, Right, all of our jobs, no matter how often we recruit for them, no matter how much data we've got on this specific job, is going to get a kind of tailored strategy for where we think we're going to get the best applications for the lowest possible cost. Um, and I say the lowest possible cost not because price should be the most important lever, but because it's quite easy to get good applications if you have an unlimited budget, but nobody does. So that that's always got to be there in the mix. You know, you, it, it's not enough to say. We, we're we absolutely certain we're getting the best applications you also want to be confident that you're not wasting you know 50 60 70 percent of your budget when you needn't be um so and and as i say like that relies on data you need to be able to t- take an example right if you take um unnamed biggest multi-poster in the uk has the facility to be it's able been, to yeah Right. I can say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you've got the facility there to green and red flag candidates, right? So so not applicable shortlist or, or perfect candidate or, or however people define them. Um, if your recruiters use that, you can track all traffic from job boards through to whether they were actually usable candidates or not, which gives you a completely different metric as to which of your job
0: boards are most effective. Than if because you- even those you can give an, an expected value. You can work out you know, what your average fee is split by location sector, and whatever's green flagged, you can say, we've got a quarter of a million pounds worth there of potential revenue. Exactly that.
1: And you can, and actually, even with that most basic of feedback loops, you can draw all manner of graphs, which tell you more than you ever could have hoped to beforehand. Mm -hmm. Um, What's that advertising worth to you? What's the ROI on it? um is is it worth um like is it worth the initial investment is it worth taking a punt on for certain roles but not others etc 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 now we both know and everyone listening will know that the proportion of recruiters who religiously use that function of giving feedback on the candidates they receive is really really low um so why but why Well, Well, it's laziness. I mean, (laughs) you know, I'm in sales. My sales admin is not the best part of my job. Right. And and as, as recruiters, you know, recruiters certainly don't enjoy the admin above placing candidates and quickly moving on to the next one. Um, So that's, that's definitely a part of it. Like making sure that the, the the feedback loop is in place. Um, But that's a behavioral shift. You know, there's no tech that can do that for you Um, that like at some point a human has to make a judgment on an application. And that is often the bit that kind of breaks breaks
0: a process. You, do you think potentially, um, you know, certainly over the past year, I've seen a, a shift in here in the UK. It's it's probably been in the US um, for a little bit longer. You know, there, there's a number of recruitment agencies shifting from the 360 model to the the 180 model of candidate acquisition, and then the kind of the the delivery or or account management on mm-hmm. the other side. That that could improve it if you've got someone who is focused on a you know a certain part of the recruitment cycle is that if they are getting kind of um you know monitored and rewarded on that it's a good chance to start affecting that and getting more insight isn't it?
1: Yeah I I think so I've never I've never run a recruitment agency so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overstep by suggesting that I know how they should be run but in my own experience, we've uh, a couple of months ago we took on a um, uh, like a health, health and um, sort of care, nursing type client. Um, the way they're structured is that the people that we talk to and the people that that manage the advertising campaigns have a very specific remit of improving the efficacy of their advertising.
0: Um, they know exactly what needs to you, be done. You would not have used that word efficacy in the past 12 months unless it had come up (laughs) in common lexicon over that yeah
1: um the like they know what their job is they know what they need to do to fulfill their objectives they are pushing hard at the rest of the business to encourage them to adopt the things that they need for them to be able to do that because they're only going to be judged on one thing all the while that people are being judged a little bit on how well the job boards are performing a little bit how well they're sticking to budgets and then more often than not how many placements they're making how much revenue they're generating they personally are just going to be way less incentivized i th- i think the human the the human incentive bit of this conversation is often not not overlooked because everyone knows in the back of their mind that that's important but Maybe maybe more attention could be given to so like well actually you know personnel wise what could we change to make this whole thing work better and I, I think what you're alluding to that maybe shift of responsibility might be part of it.
0: Yeah, and potentially you know for the for the marketers who are who, who are listening to the show is like if you want that especially where as I mentioned at the at the start where job boards more often not fall into budgets if if you've if you've got a budget is like well take ownership of that you you try and get that that head count, whether it's a a data person or crm management type person you know you claim that position and kind of create that role for it because i think you know it will benefit you you might end up saving money on job boards that you might be able to spend on uh um no offense sexier things uh, <laughs> and, and stuff as well uh, so we talked about tech a lot i just want to get your opinion on this um what do you how how important are the the actual job adverts? You know the the ones that are written and that go on the job boards. That balance between you know creativity and being technically right for the for the for the job boards. Do you have an opinion on that?
1: From our side, we do, but we see the um, like we see the issues rather than the the beautiful success stories. Yeah, um, we can. From a numbers standpoint, we can spot bad job ads an absolute mile off, because we know, you know, if we've got uh, if we've got four hundred thousand jobs to compare performance against, and there's there's a the right job in the right place with the right salary, and everything else is set up correctly as we'd expect it to be, and results are way lower than we would have thought that immediately flags, I mean, quite literally flags it in our system, but also flags in a more, you know, sort of theoretical sense, that like the, the job ad is part of the problem there. Um, mm. There's also other things that can feed into that. It might be that the the brand or reputation of the employer is particularly poor. Yeah, uh, It might be that on that given month uh, that it just isn't going to happen, right? Sometimes you get jobs like that. But the, the way job adverts are written the way those and and, the, and then the flow through that advert you know how many clicks to actually do what the candidates expecting to be able to do um how you know what what's that candidate experience like um as important it's just a funnel, isn't it? No one part of the funnel is more important than the other because the the candidate needs to get all the way through it. Um, It's not something that we tend to be overly involved in um, beyond flagging when something isn't working. Um, But there's certainly, I mean, there's a reason that there's great organisations out there who specifically do coaching around effective job adverts and how to make sure that that
0: first interaction with candidates works. Yeah. Uh, You mentioned candidate experience there, and I wanted to touch upon it because it came out in a, you know you you talent you talent nexus do regular kind of surveys and create reports off the off of the back of them and i think the the most recent one and this was to um to corporate businesses uh, like like it happens quite often can that candidate experience came out kind of top in terms of what's important to employers at the moment didn't it and uh you know it's always been there or thereabouts it's one of those things that's never going to be solved i think because candidates needs and demands are forever changing you know you only have to take the last year to look at that but do you feel like do you think candidate experience matters as much to kind of recruitment agencies who a lot of people listen to this as it does to employers and could we be doing more in that sense i think um (laughs) this is going to be another one of those
1: answers i'm afraid it it sort of depends what we mean by important and and like which bit of the candidate experience i so so that research you mentioned so we do uh we ran what we called the recruitment pulse survey which was a three-part survey that kind of took us through covid so we did the first one right in, in lockdown one we did another update i think in about june or july and then we did our most recent in i think feb feb march time um and it was a nice way to kind of track what the industry was doing and it was across both we did one for in-house and we did one for agencies and we could kind of compare and contrast the two sets of results mm-hmm. um now purely based on that the answer to your question is no they definitely don't care as much because the top priority when asked uh, for in-house recruiters was candidate experience their top priority for the next six to 12 months was fixing candidate experience when we asked agencies what their top priority was it was winning back old clients it was generating new clients it was revenue it was all the things you would kind of expect now so on the one hand like no definitely not but we also they're not not
0: mutually exclusive are they that's well exactly
1: we also know that's way too reductive right because actually the I, i would argue that personally lots of agency recruiters that i've worked with are way more incentivized for the candidate experience to be good because they are personally tied to like commission targets, revenue targets, which fall down if the candidate experience is no good. Um on a purely personal level, you know, are the personalities in in-house in generally more and you know I'm not casting aspersions on agency recruiters whatsoever, but are they warmer, fuzzier, more emotionally invested in the candidate experience? Like, yeah, probably. I you know, I don't I don't think it's out of order to suggest that yeah. that's probably true. Um but, but which bit are we talking about? You know, it, the, the candidate experience of getting someone from first call to a hire, um, probably everyone's equally incentivized there. Um, the candidate experience post-placement um, or what the interview experience itself is like, how how positive a candidate's um, kind of reflection of the interview process would be, the people they met, the information they got on the company, all that kind of stuff. Well, I'd, I'd maybe argue that for agency recruiters it's, That's less important as long as they take the job in the end. Whereas for the in-house recruiters, they need to
0: worry about the six month legacy of that experience. The Lonely Marketer is sponsored by Pager. Marketers use Pager to get 90% of those pesky consultants to share relevant content, to tap into their networks. You can also schedule social content to your company pages. Pager gives your consultants automated and fully branded job adverts, driving traffic directly back to your website, which is then 60% more likely to convert. Not bad head over to pager.co that's p-a-i-g-e-r.co to find out more
1: i used to work for um like an entrepreneurs organization and they they used to throw this stat around a lot which was that the um i think something like 72 percent of people like a, a crazy high number like that of people decide whether they're going to stay at an organization within the first week of being there um now that was whether they stay beyond like a couple of years, not whether they stay beyond their probation period. Mm-hmm. And in the way that, or, I've or said, that single day in some agency yeah. companies, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, in, in the in the way I've said that, you know, where I'm going with that, right? The mm-hmm. the two sets of people are differently incentivized as to as to that you know how that experience goes. So I, I don't know. I, I think sometimes agency recruiters get a hard um, a hard rap on this kind of stuff. Like they don't care at all, um, and that, that's provably not true. Right. I, th- I know loads of HC recruiters who are who are truly invested in making sure that's all as good as possible, um, but they also have less input in making sure that's the case. So I don't know. I mean, I've not answered your question at all, really, but I like to think I've got some some of the way there.
0: No, it makes sense because I, th- I think ultimately we've got this, this. Sounds this sounds really bad, but in the world of recruitment generally, it's it's actually a you know it's a it's a profession of rejection. You know, yeah. you're, you're always going to you're going to reject candidates and and it's going to be in some ways a, a negative experience for the vast majority of people compared to the you know the people that you get the chance to to offer a role and on board isn't it so um yeah it, it, it's you're always going to be fighting against it because you're never going to make everyone happy in 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 the, in the truest sense but you've got a you have got a, put in place the the tech the tools those feedback loops that like you spoke about at, at every touch point that you feel like you can to in some ways to soften the blow of rejection
1: yeah absolutely I, it's not a it's not an area of recruitment i'm qualified to wade in on so i always hold my tongue but there's if you scroll through a linkedin feed of any given day i guarantee you'll find some sort of post that digs recruiters out for not getting back to every candidate that applies for a job um I understand where they're coming from. I I get it. I get that as a candidate, it's disheartening to not hear back on stuff. I I also, I don't know a single recruiter that I've ever worked with who had spare time to be doing
0: more work in addition to what they're already doing. Yeah. You can't give completely personalized, you know, maybe up, Further down the line, yeah. when people are interviewing, you can push for it from a client side and things, but not at that C, uh, send CV stage every time. You get yeah, thousands. Exactly. So there, there is definitely a line, isn't there? And I,
1: I think, um, as much as it would be nice for every candidate to have the perfect experience every single time, I, I'm also a little bit more on the side of the argument which says, like, look, you know, we're all adults. We we know how the world works, and if if you don't get a response. You know, you can kind of guess what's happened, right? Which is sad, but it's also not a damning indictment
0: on the recruitment team involved. Yeah, well, well, your perfect in inverted commas experience will be completely different from mine and from sure. everyone else. And you know, you can react depending on what's going on in your in your own life <laughs> type things, isn't it? So, I think that's why it's always a, a big topic of discussion. Did anything else come up in your kind of most recent report that I don't know that you either stood up and thought wow or 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 has in reality has not that much changed you know throughout the covid period yeah it's um
1: i think the most the most reassuring thing we saw was that the the trajectory of numbers when we asked people how positive they were feeling about that you know the outlook for the next six to 12 months yeah um Hopefully we would, have, we would have expected this, but we did see the numbers go up drastically each each time we ran that survey. Um, it was a, a pretty miserable kind of 40% odd of people who were feeling positive about what was coming next when we did our first survey. Um, and by the time we'd done the 30, we were up sort of 80, 85% of people feeling generally pretty positive about what was coming next. Um, I, I'd be quick to say that that feels in some respects, like a bit of an airy-fairy stat, You know, how positive do you feel? But actually what was reflected in the other results and certainly in the conversations that we have is that th- that positivity manifests itself in lots of different ways. we, we were talking a minute ago about um, like job board strategies, if you're not positive that the business is gonna be standing in six months time, you will not be putting time and effort into a 12 month job board strategy. Uh, Everything's super short termist. Um, It's very much like a firefighting mentality, which isn't good for long-term effectiveness. Um, Now that positivity is back up and people have got a a longer view on what they're hoping to happen and a a kind of um, much more comfortable that hard work now will pay off later. Um, All sorts of conversations are opening back up, you know, Mm -hmm. down to, we partner with like website providers, ATS providers, they're all saying the same stuff, like the conversations are just much more productive now, because people feel much more positive. Yeah. Um, The other side of the survey was that we were almost embarrassed by how predictable some of the results were. Mm -hmm. Um, you, You kind of ask, you know, we break it down by sector to work out which sectors are up, which sectors are down. Um, before we did the survey if you and I sat down with a pad and pen and worked out what we thought was going to happen that is exactly what happened in uh, with maybe one exception you know one industry exception that I can't think of Um, all the industries did exactly what we expected them to Um, uh, you know unsurprisingly hospitality is still struggling it won't be in hopefully you know fingers crossed like three four months time that'll be the final one to bounce back like great I'll, I'll, I'll try to do my bit yeah yeah absolutely but like in that respect you're right yeah like not that much has changed in in those sorts of senses you know a
0: lot of recruitment is quite predictable Mm -hmm. yeah so think about moving forward you know job job board strategy for for agencies talking specifically there if um if you have got kind of marketers um you know who who are looking at their job boards now in a you know fingers crossed in a little bit more of a a settled time Mm. and they're they're thinking about in a more strategic way rather than a reactive oh shit i need to save money kind of way um what would your kind of advice be you know whether it's around programmatic stuff or or anything what you know how how should a marketer if they have got the the ownership or or if not they want to have the conversation about it how should they be thinking now or what should they be thinking about
1: Certainly, one of the biggest lessons was around being flexible and like staying nimble. Mm-hmm. Um, people are very reluctant to get back into twelve-month contracts, uh, and I think rightly so. Uh, I think one of the things that job boards will have to do is is let go of the idea that a twelve or twenty, you know, 36 month contract is a reasonable thing to ask a marketer to sign off at the moment. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so so- that, that's not even a, a business thing, is it? This is this is kind of a, a wider. You know, world thing that mm-hmm. we're not used to doing. That we live in a world where I can cancel Netflix now, and I'm not going to be, uh, you know, penalised for it. Uh, yeah. You know, I could can cancel a bit of other software. There's, there's, like you mentioned, there's website providers in recruitment where, you know, you're on rolling contracts. You could cancel it, and you, you might not have a website, but you're not tied into to the contract type thing, isn't it? So this is a job board specific thing. This is a general how as humans, we, we're behaving now. Uh, absolutely.
1: I went to the HubSpot run a conference in Boston every year called their, their Inbound Conference, which I was lucky enough to go to with a colleague a few years ago. And they, um, so this was, yeah, I think three years ago. And they were talking then about the importance of being able to adopt as a business, a kind of zero day cancellation um, environment, right? Like you, you shouldn't be holding on to clients because they're contractually obliged to stick with you. You need to be winning clients because you're doing a good job and because you're delivering what they want. Um, it's something that we we've kind of completely adopted. It all of our clients were on zero day contracts, um, and we live or die by whether we deliver results from them or not. Um, it keeps us more honest. It makes them much more comfortable. And the irony, like we we don't really lose clients. Certainly not like that. You know, if, if their needs change, maybe, but certainly not through um you know well if we'd been in a 12-month contract you'd have got three more months out of us or whatever so yeah I I think definitely um there's definitely a cultural shift just a business shift generally so I think yeah staying nimble I think is a is always pretty good
0: advice I think are are there job boards that are offering this at the moment or uh you know is it one that it's more of a hope that it will happen
1: yeah I mean it's it's certainly hopeful um we so we do have a media desk at, at talent nexus where we renegotiate contracts for you know on on agencies and employers behalfs. um we are we, we're getting better offers than we we would have 18 months ago but it's certainly you know it's again it's not changed overnight um but it it also speaks to the fact that a lot more people are looking at trialing things like indeed or their and the paid for thing where you have the control yeah exactly Mm -hmm. Uh, because they know that they can just switch it off it doesn't work um they are happy to sign off a one-month trial, uh, but they also know that if halfway through that month it really wasn't working, they could stop after two weeks. Mm-hmm. It's, it's as simple as logging on and switching switching budget off. Um, so there's definitely that. That's I, th- I think um, on a, a kind of broader point would be around like challenging assumptions a bit. Um, so I, like, this is a terrible time for organizations to be just hitting refresh on whatever they were doing before COVID, um, which is so easy to do when you've got a lot on, <laughs> um, and you know, for, I, I imagine for most of the marketers, uh, kind of in your audience, they aren't, they, they won't be solely responsible for advertising spend. They'll have a lot of other stuff to be working on. So I understand the temptations just kind of hit, you know, okay, we'll, we'll do it again for a year and then we'll think about it. Um, I think that that actually particularly can be quite costly.
0: Um, I think sometimes you can stop, but then you realise that oh, hold on, nothing's changed. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I
1: think um, what what else? Well, I mean, with a shameless plug included, I would certainly um we are i mean our, our whole marketing effort at the moment is encouraging people to take advantage of like free opportunities to see what else is out there and what your other options are we um we do a uh, like a free audit of people's indeed setups so if they're already using indeed um it costs absolutely nothing we log in and just show them in you know in a series of bullet points what they could be doing better now in some cases that that will uh, well uh, even in an average case, will improve their results by like 30 to 40% um, for the sake of, you know, going onto the website, requesting it, receiving the results. You know, we're talking like one or two hours worth of work. Um, And that's saving people huge amounts of money. I know people have done similar things with their existing job board contracts, you know, talking to like a Broadbeam, getting as much data as they can, and with a fine tooth comb going over like, well, what what did that contract actually bring us? And is that something that we want to reinvest in in the same way? Um, Which then again comes back to tracking, which is so boring. It feels like every every point in recruitment comes back to tracking. But the leaner of businesses, as I said earlier, like the leaner of the businesses, the more focus will be on roi you can't track that without actually knowing what's going on it's no point measuring roi if you're guessing um so so i think tracking would have to be in there as well for like things to focus on um yeah what do you think
0: yeah I, 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 i tend to agree i'm 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 big on the on the process now um i think there's enough tech and enough solutions out there to take more and more excuses away from from marketers and from businesses in general to you know to hide behind the that classic uh certainly back in my day oh we're not getting enough applications we need more job slots (laughs) you know you don't need that shouldn't ever be a conversation anymore because I, i do think that the tech from the crms the people that plug into it the likes of the likes of you guys is there's enough info there and i think getting Spending that bit of time of jumping off the hamster wheel of the day-to-day stuff that you were saying as a marketer, and you know, creating that headspace to put that process in place, I think will pay dividends moving forward. You know, I had I've had so many conversations probably over the past six months, going back to what you were saying around that, that budget side of things and signing up long-term. You know, people had signed up for three-year, you know, LinkedIn contracts with recruiter licenses and job slots on there you know back back in 2018 and suddenly they've been whacked with a with a new contract that's 70 80 percent higher than, than it was previously and there was no way of kind of forecasting that or working it out and suddenly it's like well what do we do we've become reliant on it but we don't really know um so i i you know weirdly as a as a marketer maybe not so much on the job board thing but i've always i've always steered a little bit away from kind of like uh like ppc stuff like gen generally but it makes so much sense from a from a job board point of view uh that you pay for your results but you know you you can only pay for your results if you know the results, so that that's where the gap yeah. is. So I think we just need to we just need to shorten that gap a little bit.
1: Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Like on paper, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Do you want to pay where you have no idea what the results going to be, or would you like to pay as results come in, and at any point you can stop it if it doesn't work? Yeah. Like anyone in their right mind knows which one they pick. Yeah. Um, the, the the reluctance has been that if let's use Indeed versus Total Job Say mm-hmm. as a you know an arbitrary example if you if you've been using total jobs for 3 years and you know that more often than not you get a bunch of candidates and you've not used indeed and it's a bit of an unknown quantity and you don't really understand how cpc works in a like a job board environment um that's that is a bit of a leap that you're asking people to make um and and that i think can be the only reason that there's there's much friction to move uh, yeah. because it's just that it is that unknown bit um what I, the point i would make though is that we've certainly uh, in clients we've picked up recently we're seeing over the last couple of months and lots of people that i'm speaking to at the moment are talking about this is the they're about to hit like a bumper budget where they've been scrimping and saving for the last 12 months the business has pretty much been in hibernation or very much kind of sticking to the status quo and now they're looking at vacancy numbers shoot up they know that they aren't going to have the candidates required to fill all of those roles. So they, there is more budget being being made available to kind of fix that problem. Now, what most people will instinctively do is spend more money in the same way that they used to and expect the results to go up roughly proportionally. What we know to be true with job boards is that the first like the first 50% of your budget is the most effective bit on any job board, right? If you if you just try and um increased budget in any location in any advertising location just infinitely the like your roi per pound goes down interesting um where you've got those bumper budgets this is the perfect opportunity say like well we've already got you know total jobs read cv library covered we've already got our, our, our credits there and we know what to expect there now is the time to go well what if we had a look at spending? A small, you know, a small trial budget, a five, 10% of total budget on a Google PPC or on a, an Indeed or on a Zip Recruiter or on a talent.com. What does that look like? Because you you very rarely get these opportunities where there's extra budget available, um, and you know with certainty that it's not going to work as well if you just keep ploughing money into the same thing that you've always done. So what an opportunity off the back of a, a pretty stodgy year for for marketers in every sense um, yeah. to actually do something a bit different and see what see what you could do better next year.
0: Yeah, I like that. Let's see good good idea there to, to end that initial section on always like to end the show with the you know with the five quick questions um what is your favorite brand um so they i'm I'll can i do two
1: um they they are both drink brands though so i think uh, it's a bit of a it, it's a bit of a cheeky one so th- what i was going to say was naked wines uh which is a, a subscription service that i've i've used for a few years and, and love um it, have, have have you turned that one off Uh, Oh, absolutely not. That was a (laughs) a lockdown essential. Um, Like just a really nice way uh, of buying like what I I feel like is nice wine, but quite cheap. Um, What I love about them is just like, they've got a really consistent personable tone. Um, And even though I know that every marketing email I get from them is encouraging me to buy more, I don't mind it because they do it so well. Um, But then I thought actually like I I like the customer service, but maybe as a brand, it's probably Guinness. I feel like, everyone knows exactly what Guinness is It's like a heritage brand but it hasn't been left behind by being an old brand like they the sort of films they make for like the rugby ads and stuff are always absolutely on point. They're always on the right side of arguments and stuff. so yeah I think I, I think as a brand
0: Guinness it's good, good. It's so a little bit of an insight into you, Rob, as well. That your two <laughs> t- two favourite brands are. Uh, let's let's see whether your favourite sound is the popping of a of a wine cork. Go on, what is it?
1: <laughs> uh, I think it's the beach. Okay, I think the sound of the beach. Specifically, I really like the sound of pebble beaches. The way that like the waves kind of give themselves a bit of like a round of applause on the way in. Uh, all, the, all the sort of churning of the rocks I like that as a sound. Yeah. I was down in Exmouth last week, and there's a lot of that going about. Love it. Um, Favourite bit of tech? Um, so if the if the brand question gave you an insight, how about this? So I think my favourite tech is what is like really, really good washing machines. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, we, we recently had to replace ours and ended up with a really bad one. And it made me realise how important, uh, like just just stuff like that, that just really works well, like how important that is compared to like silly gadgets and
0: stuff. Like I want a really good washing machine. That's what I actually want. What makes a really good washing machine, other than the obvious that it washes your clothes well?
1: Well, Glenn, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> uh, it needs a super quick cycle, uh, so some, like sometimes when you're in a rush, it needs to be quick. Um, it's nice if it dries, uh, but if it if it's not a washer dryer, then it just ha- has to have a really good spin. Uh, the drum <laughs> needs to be massive. Uh, yeah. I bet th- this rubbish one we bought recently has Bluetooth capability. I, I haven't for a, a second worked out what that could be for. Uh, but when I work it out, I'm sure it will be life changing.
0: Yeah, you'll you'll be play you'll be playing your podcast through your washing <laughs> machine. It sounds like um, if you could do any job in the world, what would it be? Uh, so I used to run
1: a film festival, which I loved doing. It was like a travel film festival, um, and I think it, it never made any money, which is why we had to stop doing it. But I think if if I could do any job with like no worries of that sort of stuff, it'd be something like that. Would be like a travel and adventure style thing, probably involving
0: motorbikes nice um with the answer to that question you gotta get a bonus one what is your favorite of a film then ah oh, that that
1: requires more more <laughs> 30 seconds notice <laughs> my favorite film of all time um tough one that is really tough i i'm gonna go for something like uh
0: uh
1: I'm going to go childhood. I'm going to, I think my favorite film of all time is something like the lion King. Oh,
0: that's good. That is a good one. That is a good one. Uh, I think kind of, uh, you know, Pacuna Batata and things like that uh, probably has run through, uh, yeah, a lot timeless, over the past, uh, and that will, that will be like one of the best films ever made for, for like generations. Right. Completely timeless. Yeah. They screwed, they screwed up the sequels and the remake a little bit, but that's not, yeah. Uh, and favorite swear words. Um, I think I think I'm going to go for a classic King of All swear words. I think it's fuck. Yeah,
1: um, yeah the most uh, the most common one on the show. Yeah, for, but for, all right, well, for me then, it's, it's a specific like Gordon Ramsay esque, like okay. you know, sort of hey big boy, you know, fuck yeah. off. It's, yeah. it's that kind of.
0: Good, you do impressions
1: as well. I love it.
0: <laughs> not not good ones. I was just giving the <laughs> flavour of what I was getting. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, Rob, thanks. Great, great show. I think you know it will be something that as people are now kind of getting back to offices. And like I say, that stability is coming a little bit, I think job boards, their job board strategy is something people will be, you know, considering in the in the right way in the positive way now compared to um, compared to when um, all the chaos kicks off uh, back in back in 2020. But in terms of um, you mentioned kind of the the free indeed report, can, can people just grab you on LinkedIn, drop you a message there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm. I'm easily found on LinkedIn and the the Talent Nexus, uh, which is talentnexus.com. dot yeah. com. Uh, very and they can get that rep- the the latest report from Talent Nexus website and things. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So all the reports are on there. All the findings from the survey. Uh, there's the there's the Indeed audit, which is completely free. And then similarly, if you're not using Indeed, but you are using traditional job boards, so the CV libraries, the reads, uh, we can also um, put you in touch with our media desk We'll do a completely free assessment of like what you're using, whether it's working, yeah.
0: what you're doing differently. You know? <laughs> are, are you being ripped off? Are you yeah. being ripped off? <laughs> <That> <laughs> yeah. cool. Uh, so, sounds good. Uh, well, we're done and dusted. Thanks a lot for joining, Rob. Thanks again, it's been a pleasure. Uh, and I'll catch up with everyone else very, very soon.